Well, Brian, why are you so busy and excited right now? Because I just got Tommy Fierro. We're going to uh, record soon. I was always hoping I'd get him on the show, and uh, it worked out today. So, uh, so yeah, I'm about to talk to Tommy Fierro and get his ratings of all the 1984 LJN releases. That's wonderful. How did he find the time? I don't know how he found the time. I mean, that guy works basically the equivalent of uh, over two full-time jobs doing all the stuff that he does with the uh, Wrestling Collector Store, the ISPW, Independent Superstars of Pro Wrestling Promotion, coordinating 80s Wrestling Con, 90s Wrestling Con, um, running the 80s Wrestling Twitter account, doing every Thursday morning the 80s Wrestling, the podcast, uh, podcast show with Jumping Jay. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we got him. That's wonderful. I will, uh, I will take a listen and uh, check in at the end of the show. Maybe give him a rating. Sounds great. Sounds great. Good luck. Thanks, Andre. Hey, everyone. This is 80s wrestling fan Brian, and I've got a super special guest today. Uh, kind of a surprise. When I started doing this podcast back in June... Uh, there was uh, a list of guys that I wanted to get, but the busiest of all of them is uh, my friend from 80s Wrestling on Twitter. He's also from uh, 80s Wrestling, the podcast. He's the uh, booker and promoter of ISPW, uh, the independent superstars of pro wrestling out in New Jersey. He's also got the Wrestling Collector store in Stockholm, New Jersey, uh, soon to be the Rock and Wrestling Collector store. And, uh, and he's been running promotions, uh, been running wrestling conventions since he was, since he was 16 years old. And so he's going on 30 years of having wrestling conventions. So he does 80s Wrestling Con. He's going to have, uh, he just dropped the date for 80s Wrestling Con 5 on May 4th uh, of next year. He just had his first 90s Wrestling Con in September. Uh, I'm going to try and get all of our first nine figures on this episode because I know how busy Tommy Fierro is with all the things that he's got going on. Uh, Tommy, my friend, how are you doing today? Hey, man, what's going on? Thank you so much for uh, having me on your show. It usually every week you're calling 80s Wrestling the podcast, so it's cool to uh, be a guest for the change, not the host. And I appreciate all the uh, the kind words you said and also appreciate you coming from California this past year to 80s Wrestling and the ISPW after that. So, yeah, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to be on here with you, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Definitely. Yeah, I had the time of my life on uh, May 6th this year. Uh, really can't describe how many cool things uh, happened out there over the course of a few days getting to visit with uh, Tommy and Jumping Jay from 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Several of the other friends of the show were, were out there in New Jersey, got to uh, meet a bunch of uh, – of my heroes from my childhood and, uh, and eighties wrestling con was just a phenomenal event. So I'd encourage anybody that has a, uh, the opportunity to go see eighties wrestling con five on May 4th next year in New Jersey, uh, go to eighties wrestling con.com and you can get all the information about who's going to be there. Um, it's going to be a huge event and, uh, Tommy never disappoints. Um, Tommy, I know that we're real close in age. I want to say you were born in uh, 1977, maybe 78. I'm guessing 77. 77. 
And I think you, I know you got into wrestling a little bit before me. I want to say you started watching in uh, late 1985 and then we're fortunate enough to get to attend a ton of events. Um, tell me about uh, growing up, how exciting it was to get to go see live wrestling all the time and, uh, and really enjoy being in the hotbed of WWF territory out there in New Jersey. Yeah, man, uh, up here, crazy, crazy, crazy amount of shows back in the 80s. It wasn't like it was today. Like, maybe now twice a year they'll visit our market, which, I mean, I'm in the New York, New Jersey market, so, I mean, this is the hotbed still, in my opinion, one of the hotbeds uh, for professional wrestling. So, I mean, for them to only come here twice, maybe if you're lucky, three times a year, whereas back then in the 80s when we were growing up, uh, they were coming at least to, to where my arena was every month. And what they would do is they would have, you know, it was on a, you know, on a whatever night it was, a Monday night or a Tuesday night. And then, you know, they'd have Hulk Hogan uh, against Kamala right before intermission time. You know, maybe there's disqualification and someone gets involved. And then, you know, right before intermission, they'll say, you know, mark your calendars for next month on February the 13th. And in a return match, it will be Hulk Hogan against Kamala in a Lumberjack match. Tickets are available now at the box office during intermission. And that's how they would do it. So, like, you would have Hulk Hogan wrestle a heel for two, three months in a town. You know, first time there's a DQ. Second time there's a countout. Third time there's a steel cage. And they milked the big, you know, they didn't have monthly pay-per-views back then. So they would milk these matches on the, on the, on the house shows. And back then, at least in this market was, was months, once a month. And, you know, my mom and dad would take me every single month as a kid uh, to the, the Meadowlands arena to, to watch WWF. And not only that, but they also did a, a ton of other shows in the area, whether it been Madison Square Garden or Nassau Coliseum, or, you know, they were still doing uh, B and C shows back then. So, WWF would still be coming to the college gyms. They'd still be coming to the high school gyms. So this market up here was really, really, really heavy WWF in, in the 80s. And luckily, I grew up as a kid in the time frame of the boom period of the WWF golden era. So it was cool, man. I got to see, I know I told you on my podcast, I got to see when Hulk Hogan got his uh, cross ripped off by Andre the Giant on Piper's Pit. I was there for that as a kid. I got to see that. Uh, I was at, you know, SummerSlam 89 at the Meadowlands. Uh, I was at SummerSlam 97 at, at the Meadowlands. Uh, so my area was a hotbed uh, for wrestling. You know, WrestleManias were here. WrestleMania 4 and 5, the only time ever. You know, two WrestleManias in the, in the same arena back-to-back years. So, I mean, this area has a ton of history and 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 it's an honor now as an adult to, to be a promoter wrestling promoter and be able to, you know, add on to some of the, um, some of the history of wrestling in this state. Well, one of the uh, main things that we talk about here on this show, legendary wrestling figures is the LJN figures. Um, when you were a kid, uh, did you immediately start asking your folks for those uh, wrestling figures? Did you collect all of them, and uh, and did you ever bring figures to the arena like they did on TV? I actually bought brought my uh, Roddy Piper LJN at least to the first show I went to, and I think to the first two shows I went to. So that's three questions in one. But uh, 
like I say, when did you start collecting them? Did you collect them all? And did you ever take any to the actual events? You know what, man? I, I probably have. I, I, I don't remember uh, if I ever brought any to the arenas, but chances are I probably did. And yeah, man, I mean, that LJNs, it was such a huge part of my childhood. You know, I vividly remember my grandmother and me taking a bus to the mall every Saturday. And, you know, my tradition would be I would sleep over on Friday night. Uh, we'd have pizza. And then the next morning I would watch WWF in the morning time with my grandfather. And then in the afternoon, my grandmother and me would, would go on the bus and go to the, uh, the Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, New Jersey. And, you know, she'd, we'd have lunch and she'd buy me LJN figures there. And I remember, I remember every store I went to to get LJN figures as a kid. And, you know, you look back on it now and it's such a unbelievable part of your childhood, you know, those figures. And, and I have them in my store, too. And and just to you know look at them again, it automatically brings you back to your childhood. And it's awesome that you have a, a podcast, you know, dedicated to it because it should, because anyone that's a fan of 80s wrestling, uh, most likely you were a fan of WWF LJN figures. I know I definitely was. And uh, it, it's cool that you are doing what we're doing is keeping the history of 80s wrestling alive and well through the World Wide Web and podcast world. And uh, yeah, man, uh, it's it, they still bring back. Like, I look at them now and I just, you know, I think of my childhood. I think of my grandmother. It's that feeling will last forever. You know, it, it's 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 just part of our childhood, you know. Totally. And you guys will, uh, I mean, your inventory has got to be always changing at the Wrestling Collector, but you have uh, several that are mint on card hanging up around the uh, the store. You have bins full of loose um, wrestling figures. And uh, and I, at one time you, you were doing a program where people could get a mystery figure or several mystery figures sent to them each month. Is that something they can still take part in or should they... Uh, contact you by email or at the store if they're looking for a particular LJN either on card or or loose to to uh, fit into their into their collection yeah man anyone anyone out there listening uh, definitely follow the store on, on social media uh, on Facebook it's the wrestling collector LLC on Instagram it's the wrestling collector store and then on Twitter it's the wc store uh so please follow us on all social media there and then yeah if you have something you're looking for like even though you're not in the new jersey area you know whether it be an ljn or uh, an old wwf magazine or program or coliseum video whatever it may be you can shoot us a message and we also buy collections so even though we might not have it right now you know someone can walk in as soon as i'm done with you on this podcast and you know, have 400, you know, WWF Coliseum videos they want to sell me. So uh, anyone out there that, you know, is listening, that's a fan of LJNs, definitely follow us on our social media. And uh, you can, and, and, and we ever get any big lots of stuff and we always post pictures of that as well. So please follow us again. It's the Wrestling Collector LLC on Facebook, the Wrestling Collector Store on Instagram and the WC Store on Twitter. And I've been inside the store. It's absolutely heaven for uh, an 80s kid to go into Tommy's store and not only see, um, I'm guessing, thousands of wrestling magazines from oh, our yeah. childhood uh, spanning decades, um, but also um, LJNs, Hasbros, 
uh, massive amounts of the Colosseum videos and uh, and newer f figures from every era. It's not just L LJNs and Hasbro's, but you also have some of this just the most off the wall cool collectible stuff I could ever think of. You've, you know, you've got uh, turnbuckle pads that were signed by wrestlers. You've got, I don't know if you still have it or not, but at one point you had a softball signed by uh, Sid Vicious and uh, <laughs> yeah. a pair of scissors um, signed by Brutus Beefcake and, you know, boxing gloves signed by, signed by uh, Boxing Bob Orton. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's the, if you're ever in that area, you got to stop in and check it out. Um, he's even got... Uh, the uh, WrestleMania WrestleFest arcade game in the store where you can, when, while you're there, you can go ahead and play that for free. Tommy's got it set up so so that you can check out and uh, kind of remember those days of playing Wrestle WrestleFest on the arcade game. Yeah, man. Uh, anyone out there listening that may live in the New Jersey area, it's the Wrestling Collector Store. It's on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey. And uh, you can also check it out on... The website, it's thewrestlingcollector.com. Again, thewrestlingcollector.com. And uh, we have, anyone that likes magazines, we have a magazine club where we, you know, you can sign up for one month or six months for a year, and we send you magazines every month. And he's right. We have thousands of wrestling magazines at the Wrestling Collector spanning from the 60s to the 2000s. So anyone that is a fan of magazines, it's cheap too. It's, I think it's like, uh, you know, 20 bucks for three magazines, 25 bucks for four magazines, uh, 30 bucks for six magazines. Again, it's the, re the wrestling collector.com and it's the magazine club. I'm, I'm over here shamelessly uh, plugging my store. Thank you very much. No, I, I'd love to hear it because I mean, my listeners are like me. They're all enthralled with 80s wrestling and they want to get their hands on this stuff. So um, I think a, a ton of them are thrilled to, to hear there's places like like your store that are in existence. I actually stepping through the doors. It's it's just hard to believe all the cool stuff you have. And then in your back room there, you've got a wall that's got probably a couple hundred different signatures, at least from different um, wrestlers that have been to your store and done virtual signings. So I know a lot of people are familiar with virtual signings, but for those that aren't, um, during the pandemic, uh, Tommy started doing virtual signings on a, on a regular basis where uh, people could get on Facebook and, and watch uh, live as a wrestler would, uh, from our past, would, would sign a, uh, an eight by 10 picture or he'll let you know in advance on their on their website. They'll, you could send in your merchandise for the uh, the wrestlers to sign them. Um, that virtual signing that was such a great way to uh, get merchandise in the hands of people all over the world that don't have access to the wrestling collector or places in their area if they want to have something uh, personalized from one of their heroes. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you for uh, for bringing that up. So yeah, shortly after. Uh, the pandemic. So what happened was I was actually the marketing director for the restaurant, California pizza kitchen. And I, I, I ran all the New York and New Jersey stores and the pandemic hit and we got furloughed and then, you know, six months went by and, you know, the whole time, you know, you think you're going back to work and then, you know, it's now July, uh, the end of July, beginning of August. And you're told that, you know, you're, you're no longer, uh, there because they eliminated the position in the whole, you know, department altogether almost. So 
at first I, I, I wasn't really too worried about it because I thought that, you know, with me having on my resume that I was the marketing director for a national brand that I'd have no problem getting another job, you know? So I must've sent my resume out, Brian, to like a hundred places and no one was getting back to me. And now I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? You know, I, you know, I didn't know what to do at that point. So I knew someone that did real estate and did pretty well with it. So I said to my wife, I go, you know, how about if, you know, I go to real estate school and she says, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. So I go to real estate school, I sign up and I'm in real estate school. Now at the time I'm running 80s wrestling social media platforms and it's it just as a hobby at this point, we, we have at that point several hundred thousand followers, you know, on all forms of, you know, 80s wrestling. So one day, um, so I was furloughed. I, I sent my resume out everywhere. No one was getting back to me. Uh, I says, I know I started going to real estate school. So as I'm going to real estate school, one day I'm going through Facebook and I see an advertisement for a virtual book signing that a, a, a bookstore near my house was doing. And when I saw that, a light bulb went off in my head because I'm like, fuck, I have almost 200,000 followers on my Facebook page. Why don't I do a virtual signing with some of these 80s guys? So I started doing that. I did one with Tito to try it out because he was local and I didn't have to fly anywhere. I didn't have to fly him in or get my hotel. And it went well. And then I did Sergeant Slaughter second. He killed it. Then I did Demolition. They killed it. Now at this point, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to make money now, you know. So I say to my wife, I say, I think that we should go with wrestling because I think I have something here. And never in my wildest dreams did I think she would say, go for it. And she did. And when she did that, man, I was off to the races. So. I always wanted to open up a wrestling store. So I did the wrestling collector. I brought back my promotion ISPW, uh, which, you know, I did in the late nineties up until 2010, you know, I created eighties wrestling con now spinning off of my virtual signings. I said to myself, I have this following with eighties wrestling on social media. I'd be a fool if I didn't take advantage of it and try and capitalize on it and make money with it. So I had experience doing conventions in the past. So I did a convention. It was, really, it was supposed to be one convention. Uh, it was 2019, and it was 80s Wrestling Con, and we had a really good attendance. So I said to myself, uh, I must, you know, I'm, I'm be stupid if I don't do another one of these, you know? Got, I got to capitalize on it. So I did a second one. And that one did really good. So I'm like, fuck, I got I to gotta do a third one now, you know? So then I planned the third one. That's when the pandemic hit. So it was already, the, actually the convention was before, the conventions when I came back was before the virtuals. I'm sorry, my, my, uh, my timeline's off. But anyway, so when I got furloughed and I got let go, you know, I, I was back involved in wrestling at that point anyway. So it was an easy transition for me to start doing wrestling full time. Thankfully, my wife said yes. And now, that's how all this stuff has come about. So sorry for the ranting. Hopefully my answer was full circle for you. No, that was great. And one of the really cool things is um, 
I think I had mentioned at the top of the show, but you actually had your first convention when you were around 16 years old. So you've got relationships that go back, um, shoot, uh, 30, just about 30 years with some of these guys that you had at the original show. Um, I'm guessing your first connection with a wrestler uh, was uh, when you did something I never got to do, which was uh, you were the lucky um, a talented little kid who caught a Lanny Poffo Frisbee. So I'm guessing that was your first uh, in-person meeting with a wrestler. But um, I know that you got to spend time with Jimmy Snuka, who was completely kind and uh, and friendly with you. And, and you built these relationships with now it's to the point where it's hundreds of wrestlers over the last 30 years. So what a what an added bonus that you decide to go into something that you love and you've got connections to all these guys going back as far as, as the over 30 years, if you count Lanny Poffo. Yeah, man. And, and thank you for saying that. And, you know, sometimes I have to stop and remind myself of what you just said, because as a, as a child, you know, I grew up watching these guys and I had their action figures and I had their posters and t-shirts and, watch them on TV. And now here I am, you know, 35 years later trying to keep the history and memory of 80s wrestling alive. And these guys are now doing my events. And, you know, sometimes you just got to stop and realize that and not take it for granted. And, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you take it for granted. I mean, it's, it's my wrestling is my whole world now. So it, I mean, the, the store, the, conventions the the wrestling promotions so like everything's wrestling right so like sometimes i'm not saying to take it for granted but like when you're when you're when you're in the when you're in the uh the trenches of it you, you don't stop and think that's but when, when i stop and think about it like i grew up with their action figures with their t-shirts with their posters and now i'm collaborating with them on on events it's it's cool to actually stop and think about that. And like, like I said, it's, it's something I, I probably take for granted because I run so many events and I'm not even thinking that, but I know for certain that the eight year old me, if you told the eight year old me that, Hey, you know, 35 years later, you're going to be with these guys doing your own events and wrestling shows, stuff like that. Like I probably would have had a heart attack and died right there at eight years old. So when you stop and think about it, man, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, it's been 38 years since you started watching wrestling. And, uh, and when I was out there and got to meet, I hadn't met wrestlers in person for the first time. I met a few, uh, I met several 49ers at training camps when I was uh, a kid, but, uh, every single guy that I met at eighties wrestling con for either getting a photo op with them or running into them at the hotel, uh, every single one of them was so kind and uh, basically appreciative of us fans being there and supporting them. And I'm guessing that for you, it's probably the same thing. It's probably like 95% of the guys that you've dealt with. I don't want to call anybody out, but I, just my experience, I would think that you've had great experiences with all with almost all the people that you've dealt with. And if you don't have a great experience with them, you probably don't contact them again. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I think in my 30 years, because uh, this December will be 30 years since I did my first convention. So um, I can't I can't recall anything that strikes me as 
having an issue or a problem with anyone. I will say uh, the one guy that was a little strange, a little weird was uh, the missing link. I had him one time on a convention and he was a little, he was fucking a little weird, but outside of him, uh, everyone has been, and not, and not that he did anything. Just let me rewind. Not that missing link did anything wrong or anything like that to me. It was just, he was odd to deal with. I, I, I'll say that. So it was, he was a little odd to deal with. But, but everyone else, man, I, it, everyone's been a pleasure uh, to work with. And uh, they're all the utmost professionals, man. They really, really are. And, uh, you know, they, they do this, you know, this, they've been doing this long before I've been around. So they, uh, we're talking about the 80s guys. So they, I mean, they know how to handle themselves, they know how to act. They're old school, man. They ain't. They're not entitled like today's generation of people are, you know? Totally. And it's like, you mean to tell me the guy with that uh, weird haircut, green face, who was a nudist on the side and probably smoked more dope than Willie Nelson was a little eccentric? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he, he, was, he, was, he was definitely special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know there's a story of Bobby Heenan uh, managing the missing link and the missing link wanting him to go and do all his speaking for him at the airport. And Bobby just flat out telling him, uh, no, we're in New York. Nobody cares what you look like. You're going to have to do that yourself. I'm your manager in the ring. I'm not your manager outside of the ring. So um, exactly. Yep, totally. And uh, let me uh, uh, start off with a couple figures to have you review and I'll, and I'll ask you some more questions. But uh if we look at that 1984 line of nine figures that got released in the legendary or in the uh, LJN Wrestling Superstars line, um, what do you think about the Hillbilly Jim action figure? And what kind of uh, rating out of five stars would you give Hillbilly Jim? Well, I'll tell you what, Hillbilly Jim, I, I love. He had that hat, and even I mean, even now, the, the hat goes for more than the figure does on on. Loose figure does on, on eBay, right? So totally, uh, I, I love the LJN figures that had the accessories, you know, whether it been Coco Beware's Bird Frankie or Damien or or what have you. So I, I love the, the accessories part, like Nikolai Bokov's hat. So, uh, and I know he's probably one of the guys we're going to mention, but uh, the Hillbilly Jim one I liked a lot, man. Uh, it looked really good. I would give that, I'd say, give it a four. Very cool. And then uh, next up is uh, Big John Stud. What do you think about the Big John Stud LJ? And what kind of star rating would you give him? I love the Big John Stud figure. I'd give it a five. I think that original line, that classic old school original line, like, you know, he just, he's bigger than the rest of the figures, you know? And uh, I don't know, man. It looks really good. The hair looks good. The beard, the, the, the difference in color from the beard to the hair. Like they did a good job on it. I I would definitely give it a five. The stars on the side of the the legs. It's a it's a good thing. I'm looking at it right now in my store, by the way. That's how I uh that's why I gave it a five. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's uh there's a couple other guys that also give that a five. It's it's between him and Bundy, I don't know which one is uh more heavy, but uh if you get one of those flying at your head from one of your siblings, you better watch out. Yeah, you be you better be careful. You don't ask me any fucking word questions. Or I'm gonna throw a King Kong Monday at you. Yeah, no kidding. Luckily, I'm all the way out here in California, so I'm I should kidding. be able to dodge it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, totally. Hey, uh, I know that uh, getting to get that frisbee from Lanny Poffo and getting to interact interact with uh, 
uh, Jimmy Snuka, having him come over and watch a WrestleMania at your house, which is unbelievable. Getting to see all these guys on a monthly basis, um, you really got to appreciate that as a kid. And when I went to see ISPW after I saw 80s Wrestling Con on May 6th, I couldn't help but notice that there was tons of kids running around super excited to see wrestling live, jumping up and down, yelling at the wrestlers, having the time of their lives. I think it's really cool. And I want to commend you on uh, making a family environment of wrestling where you're bringing young kids into it that, uh, you know, like you say, WWF, WWE, I should say only comes once or twice a year. And uh, you know, it's, it's, a little expensive to go to, to one of those things and, and get, you know, food and, and merch and, and, and see them. Uh, you're doing an ISPW on average, at least once a month, an ISPW show. Um, do you think growing up and being able to see so many cards as a kid kind of, uh, makes you, I don't know, more open and, uh, and willing to put on a show that's really great for all ages? Yeah, man. Uh, and thank you for, for your kind words again. Um, yeah, it does make it easier because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a certain criteria. So like if, if I did hardcore wrestling where there's tables and broken tubes and glass and fire, that's something obviously that little children are not going to come to, right? And then you're probably... Unless you're a really hardcore girl, you're probably ain't gonna be that many girls there either. So you you know if you know you're already you're already at a you're already at a disadvantage because if you don't like wrestling, they're not gonna come to your show unless it's a night out or it's a fundraiser for a local school. There's a reason behind it or a cause behind it. But if you're just playing to that small audience in this world that are wrestling fans, especially in your town or in your area, you're, you're already, you're already pigeonholing yourself into a small group of people already. But so if you make it just for hardcore wrestling, think about that, that bubble or that circle just got a lot smaller. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you, you want to, if you're going to do a wrestling show, you have to, you have to cater it towards all ages because, you can't you can't say it's for you know it's the attitude error type of wrestling or you know cursing or blood or anything like that. That's why I do it. So I, I, I at least opens up the small circle or radius you, you have the the to work with already. Does that make sense or no? No, definitely that and uh, and yeah, there was boys, girls, there was all kinds of kids that were swarming around the ring and uh, at ringside. Yeah, like I say, being wrestling fans, yelling at the wrestlers, just having the times of their lives. And if it's like uh, you and I as kids who uh, would bug their parents for action figures and bug them to go to events. I mean, there's nothing more powerful marketing wise than a kid saying, Hey, can we, can we go to ISPW again this month? I, I want to see that again. And you know, it's hard to tell your kid no. So, I mean, it, it's a, it, it's a great way to go in my opinion as well. Hey man, I think I need to hire you to be my new PR guy. Cause uh, you just sold me on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, we got like I say, we got a lot in common just uh, watching wrestling. Like I say, you were about oh I don't know six months to a year ahead of me watching, and just a little bit behind me in age. But uh, yeah, we're both uh, from that golden era and have a lot of the same uh, 
feelings about it for sure. Um, I'll get another couple action figures uh, out of the way here. What about uh, Nikolai Volkov? What kind of uh, feelings and rating would you give to the Nikolai Volkov LJM? I'd give him a five too. He's another client. I mean, it's going to be hard for me not to give that first line all fives just because that is really, really, really my childhood. That's the, you know, that's the first action figures I had growing up as a kid wrestling related. So it's going to be hard for me not to give it a five. Nikolai gets a five though, because of the hat. Uh, the, the shirt is perfect with the USSR on it. Uh, the, 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 the tights and the boots all match the shirt. It's just a cool looking figure. And, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm high on that one. I give it, give it a five. Definitely. And then, uh, next up, maybe this one will get a five from you. We'll see. But, uh, what do you think about the Andre, the giant with long hair? You know what? I wouldn't give that a five. I'd give that a four. I, I, I was never, ever, I mean, the, 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 the black card one, I would give that a freaking 10. Uh, but that first one with the, with the, the first line of Andre, I, I give it a four. It was, it's a great classic figure, but. Uh, that's probably one one of the ones I wouldn't give it a five to. Yeah, he's been uh, uh, the vast majority of guests. You're the uh, the twelfth guy I've had on the show, and the vast majority, he's the lowest rated figure out of the bunch. So wow, um, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, it was uh, I think '86 when they came out with the short hair version of him that uh, had a lot better likeness and was more like what we were seeing, which was the the short hair. Okay, man. Well, listen. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Now that you said that, I'm gonna take it. Take it back, and I'm gonna say three point two. <laughs> All right. I'll. Do, I'll put. We'll change that to a three point two. And then. Uh... Uh, one of the other things I was talking about is um, all the different things that you do. And so I've been curious, uh, you, you usually have the store open seven days a week. I mean, there's, there's times when you might have somebody have to fill in and, and uh, run the store. I know that uh, you do, you're constantly busy while you're at the store trying to set up. When you do a, a wrestling con, you're booking this thing months in advance and you have to, you've got airline tickets, you've got hotel accommodations, you've got people with their, their schedules, their health changing at all times. You're trying to book new talent. Um, you've also got uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash 80s wrestling, the podcast every Thursday morning uh, at uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, 7 a.m. Pacific. Um, people can call the show at 516-595-8295. Uh, you've run your at 80s. Uh, at 80s wrestling underscore Twitter account where you've got almost 95,000 followers. You've got Facebook. Um, you've got, like I say, all these different balls that you're juggling at once, all these different projects that you've got going, going on at once. But as a, a fan who grew up and, and is running his own promotion, which hat are you most fond of wearing? Is it the, uh, the being the the booker and the promoter for ISPW does that uh, really get you more excited as you know the most excitement or uh, which aspect of all these projects really uh, fires you up the most? Let's say '80s Wrestling Con. I mean, last year we had fans from 43 states and eight countries come there. Man, like that's so flattering to know that people are coming from that far away. Like you, like this past year, you came from. You came from California, which, and I'm sure if you can, you're going to come back again next year because you, you, we had an awesome time and you got behind the scenes and you got to see stuff and, and, and meet people. And we're part of that, you know, that, 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 that party the night before. So, I mean, 
it's special. And anyone out there that hasn't been to 80s Wrestling Con yet has to experience it. And uh, again, it's on May 4th, 2024 at the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. It's on May 4th and May the Four Horsemen be with you. Already confirmed to be there is Tully Blanchard, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and Baby Doll. Trying to work on uh, a few others as well from that faction. Uh, also, um, Boris Zukov is going to be there. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying because you were just on my podcast earlier. And uh, and it was a, a joke with Jumpin' Jay. Uh, Boris Zukov will be there. The Rock and Roll Express. Demolition. Bushwhacker Luke. Bobby Fulton. We're, we're just starting to book the names uh, now. Uh, last year, this past year, was headlined by Brett the Hitman Hart. The year before was headlined by Jesse the Body Ventura. And uh, it's just a awesome. It's like waking up on Christmas morning as an 80s wrestling fan. And making like the North Pole was 80s wrestling. And that's what it's like when you walk in there, man. It's like everything from, you know, merchandise to wrestlers signing autographs, taking pictures to all different kinds of special activities and events from 80s wrestling karaoke to 80s wrestling family feud to, you know, trivia contest. There's a wrestling ring in the middle of the arena with matches in the afternoon. Uh, and then immediately following is a live ISPW wrestling show. And it's just a really, really cool, special day uh, to be a wrestling fan. And, uh, and I know that many, many, many fans look forward to 80s Wrestling Con every year. And the fact that it has now become a yearly tradition, and, and it's about to become more than a yearly tradition next year because we already have a second 80s wrestling con booked, and I'm also looking to bring it elsewhere as well. But it's cool that it's now become a tradition where fans from all over the United States and all around the world gather together to celebrate the greatest time period in the history of professional wrestling, 80s wrestling, and the fact that I'm the one that, is responsible for putting that all together is something that I do not take lately. And it humbles me to hell to know that people are coming from different parts of the world to gather together and all be a part of something we all love so much. It's really, really, really rewarding. It's not just about the money for me. Well, not only that, but I mentioned how kind all the, uh, the old talent was all the wrestlers guys like, you know, Jameson and, and Typhoon and, and Mike McGurk and uh, uh, Craig DeGeorge, all these people that just even talking to them, they were all just so, um, I don't know. They were all so appreciative of people coming out to see them, but it's not just those guys. When I was waiting in line for uh Bret Hart's signature, I was getting to, you know, basically have awesome discussions with all the other wrestling fans around me. So there's, everybody's there to have a good time. Everybody is uh, nostalgic for the same stuff. So there's just a whole nice environment of people from the talent to the fans that's all there at once. So again, I'd highly recommend people to go. And then Tommy does these really cool um, 
combined photo ops typically last year it was demolition and powers of pain where you could get a picture with uh, all those members together you could get magnum ta and nikita koloff get a picture with both of them when uh, i took it lonnie kai we did yeah, I was going to say, I took advantage of Wendy Richter and Lonnie Kai being together for a photo op. And and I told Leilani Kai, I was like, you guys, you and Wendy are the one of only two matches where both participants are still alive. And the other one was, uh, you know, Brutus Beefcake and David Sammartino. So that's a really um, crazy thing to look at and kind of a sad thing to look at is uh, how all these, you know, we're, we're, none of us are going to be on this earth forever. And uh and if you can get to go to one of these, go sooner than later, because, uh, you know, not all these guys are going to be around um, for for years and years. Some of them are, are getting up there in years. So I'd encourage you definitely to uh, to try and attend one of Tommy's wrestling cons. Yeah, man. Thank you. And, and, and again, it's on Saturday, May the 4th, 2024, Menon Sports Arena, Morristown, New Jersey. Anyone out there can follow us on all forms of social media at 80s wrestling con and you can head over to 80s wrestling con.com now from now to uh halloween night tickets will be discounted for admission and uh yeah many more names will be announced in the upcoming weeks and different new cool activities that are going to be at the con for the first time bill after my buddy is going to be the host of the 2024 80s wrestling con. So we're excited, man. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun day. Yeah, I got, he just had a birthday and I got to meet him at, uh, at the last 80s wrestling con. Also a very, very nice guy. Um, looking uh, back at some more LJNs, uh, this guy's near and dear to your heart. Uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, uh spent a lot of time with you when you were uh, putting together wrestling conventions back as a teenager um, and was nothing but kind to you. So I know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, controversy and, uh, and stuff out there about uh, Jimmy Snuka, but you can really, it's hard to judge but people in a way where when, when you've had nothing but kindness from them, that's kind of how you, how your experience was. So what do you think about uh, Jimmy Snuka and his LJ and figure what kind of star rating would you give him? Well, first of all, uh, concerning Jimmy Snuka, I was fortunate enough to be introduced to him at a, at a very young age. I believe I was just 16 years old at the time when I first met Jimmy Snuka, who at the time was staying with a independent wrestler that lived in uh, New Jersey called the Metal Maniac. And me and Metal Maniac became cool. He took a liking to me and then through me having a relationship with him, I became really close with Jimmy Snooker. Jimmy Snooker took a liking to me. I mean, Jimmy Snooker was at my high school graduation party. He was at my birthday party. He he watched WrestleMania uh, 11 uh, with me. So, you know, <laughs> to think about that, like I grew up watching him and having his action figure and watching him in WrestleMania and then a ten, 10 short years later, he's sitting in my living room with my my parents and watching WrestleMania with me. So if you stop to think about that for a minute, it's mind-boggling. So, you know, it, it, I was fortunate enough to always be around Jimmy. And we would always go out after the wrestling shows to go out and eat. Or they would go to a bar and I would be... I would be brought in the bar and be drinking with them at 16 years old because I was with Jimmy Snuka. No one's going to 
And I, and I look, I look like I was forty when I was sixteen too. I had a crust ash and looked old. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, you know, when you went out with him, it's like everyone knew who he was. He's just one of those household pop culture names, and he just, you know, heads would turn everywhere when you know I was with him, and it was cool to be a young kid hanging out with someone that everyone's going crazy seeing and it happened all the time and he would always stop and always take pictures and always sign autographs and never ever 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 said no to anyone and i mean he he couldn't go anywhere without being recognized so i'm telling you firsthand from seeing it he was so gracious to every wrestling fan that ever approached him and he appreciated it, and he took the time to take pictures and sign autographs. He was super, super, super great like that. Very cool to hear, um, you know. And uh, and I'm sure he had uh, slowed down a little bit from the the craziness of the early to mid '80s. By the time the uh, the early '90s rolled around, and uh, was you know, like you say, a little more approachable and, and uh, willing to, to be kind to everyone and had more time for them for sure. Absolutely, man. What kind of uh, star rating do you give the LJN uh, for Jimmy Snuka? Uh, he'd be another four for me. Uh, he wouldn't be five. Like I said, it's going to be hard for me not to give a high number just because it's the figures I grew up on as a kid, that first line. But he's in the same category as Andre to me, maybe a little bit better than Andre. Sure. Sure. How about, uh, the next guy, one of the guys with accessories, the junkyard dog. That's a 10 man. I love that figure. I, I love that figure. I love the chain around, around the, around his, uh, his neck. It's a super cool figure. Right on. So full, uh, full score of five, since that's our limit with junkyard dog. Um, how about, uh, uh, now, for people that haven't heard it before, um, I don't know if he's at the store there with you now, but uh, if you could give me uh, a, a minute or so with uh, with Tommy Sheik, I'd like to hear uh, what Tommy Sheik and what you think about the Iron Sheik LJN. First of all, I don't know what the fuck. They're making the hot gun. And they don't make it the fucking Iron Sheik. Fucking bullshit! I give a five point three. Wow, wow! So I'll I'll put down a five for you, uh, Tommy Sheik, because no. that's our limit. No, five point three. All right, all right. I'll I'll put an asterisk next to yours, and uh, and have five point three. And uh, <laughs> very nice. Hey, Tom Tommy Sheik, is Tommy still there? Yeah, Tommy. He left already, man. Uh, he got upset that you 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 you, you second guessed him on something. I don't think he's ever going to return to your podcast again, unfortunately. Well, he's. I know he's not as busy as you are, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm thrilled that uh, you were able to find some time to be on the show, uh, for sure. Um, next would my guess is this was uh, uh, the next the last two are probably the most iconic. Uh, wrestling figures in your mind, Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. Uh, what are your feelings about the Hulk Hogan LJN and what kind of star rating would you give the Hulkster? Oh, it has to be a five with that title belt around his waist and that being 
my go-to guy as a kid, you know, that's got, that's, that's a, that's a, a definite five and Piper, man, that's a definite five that, that, that kilt. And just the whole look at that figure, those two figures are classic, 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 classic five to both of them, a million percent. Awesome. And then, uh, uh, as far as, um, other upcoming events. I know you've got a very historic arena that you guys are going to go to soon. It starts with an H, but I'll let you pronounce it. You guys are having a show at a place uh, that was um, used by the Negro Leagues. It, it was someplace where Gorgeous George wrestled there. Um, when is, I know that's coming up. Is When is that show coming up? And what is the name of this uh, special arena that you booked? It's actually Hinchcliffe Stadium. If, if you look it up, it, it was the host of, like you just said, the the the, the Negro uh, Baseball League back in the 1930s. Uh, wrestling was really big there in the 50s. Uh, they had a ton of different events there. It was actually supposed to be. We're recording this on uh, on the what's the what's it 26? 26. So we're yeah, recording the 26. 26. We were we were we were supposed to have the show this Sunday, the 29th. However, the high school uh, soccer team made the state finals, and 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 in their state and where they play at is at Hinchcliffe Stadium. Uh, so they needed they wanted to push the show back to the following weekend, which now in New Jersey the following weekend would be the beginning of November, and it's an outdoor arena, so. It's really, really, really chancy to do that. So we decided to reschedule it to the end of April. Uh, it's going to be on April the 27th, and it's going to be called Brawl at the Falls. And it's going to be real cool for me, man, because as a kid, I when we had our you know assemblies in school, sometimes we'd go to Hinchcliffe Stadium. And I believe I saw like a monster truck show there when I was a kid. And uh, it's just like for me to be able to do a wrestling show in the same building that Gorgeous George wrestled in is pretty freaking cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be April now, April 27th. Unfortunately, they have to uh, reschedule it. But, yeah, man, uh, you know, it, it was cool to do that. It's going to be cool to do that. And then in, 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 in the past, I've, I've done wrestling shows, uh, ISW, in several places that WWF uh, did shows at when I was a kid. Uh, so anytime I get to do that, man, it's it's really surreal for me. Like the Wildwood Convention Center, I did that. Uh, Men in Sports Arena, where 80s Wrestling Con is, was WWF there in the past. You know, there's been some high schools uh, that I've ran in New Jersey that Hulk Hogan wrestled Andre the Giant at uh, in the in the early 80s. Because uh, WWF would do a lot of high school shows back then. So I've done shows in a lot of the same places that WWF have done shows. And me as a, a kid going there and seeing them. So, you know, and not only, you know, do they do the, do the shows there. Like, I was there as a kid. So this has happened to me three or four times now where uh, I've been to wrestling shows at WWF as a kid. And then now as an adult, I'm running my own events there in the same building. So anytime I can do that, man is really 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 cool and really special yeah and uh, a little over a week ago you uh you reached out to me very early before on a thursday morning before 80s wrestling the podcast and asked me to fill in for you and it was for a really really cool uh cause it's eva's village is a uh 
some it's a uh, program they they've been an organization they've been around since 1982 and they they feed the uh, the homeless and the hungry and so that was something where if people don't know it ISPW the independent superstars of pro wrestling and Tommy Fierro they are able to coordinate charity events and give a, pro- a portion of what their uh, what their event is to charity and this was something that popped up and you were able to go and help out with this uh, Eva's village and feeding i think they feed um, over a thousand meals a day to people Monday through Friday. They also do, I think they do breakfast on Monday through Friday and lunch on Saturday and Sunday. But how special is it that you get to go and help out with different charity events in your area with your independent superstars or pro wrestling promotion and, uh, and kind of give back to the community where you've been all your life. Thank you, man. Uh, that's the first time I, I ever did something like that last week at the at the at the uh, the food pantry, the the soup kitchen. It was really, really, really special and really fulfilling to be able to help people, and then they appreciate it so much. It was it was really awesome. But the you're right. The majority of my events are fundraisers for various churches, schools fire departments, nonprofit organizations. And, you know, I want to do it because I love doing fundraisers. When I worked at California Pizza Kitchen uh, as the marketing director, my big job was setting up fundraisers for all the different restaurants. And so fundraising for me is something I fell in love with a lot when I was doing it with California Pizza Kitchen. So when I decided to come back to wrestling this time, I wanted to incorporate nonprofit organizations into my wrestling shows not only to, to, to give back to the community, but also here's the thing. You know, we're, it's 2023 where you can sit at home every single night and watch wrestling for free on TV. Mondays is Raw. Tuesdays is NXT. Wednesdays is AEW. You know, Thursdays is Impact. Friday is, is uh, SmackDown and AEW. Saturday is AEW. Sunday, there's something. I mean, there's, there's something every single day. So... You know, when there's something on TV every single night for free and it's of Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and all the big names in this business, why is someone going to want to leave their house, spend 25, 30 bucks on a ticket and come see guys that they never heard of? Now, obviously, me and you know the answer to that because we're diehard wrestling fans, right? But well, there's someone, there's nothing like live wrestling. Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm an independent promoter, so I, I obviously agree with that. But what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, if you're just a casual wrestling fan, like if you're not like a diehard website going to websites and getting the news every day and following the independents, you might not know what the independents is. You might not know the average WWE wrestling fan probably never heard of ISPW. And they probably never heard of the majority of other independent wrestling promotions out there that are independent. So when they see an advertisement for a local show and it's of guys they never heard of, I'm just putting my I'm putting myself into an average wrestling fan's mind right now. They're thinking, well, I never heard of these guys and you know, 30 bucks a ticket and my wife, two kids and 
food, you know, you know, I'm just going to order pizza and stay home and watch SmackDown Friday night instead. You know what I'm saying? It's not even a situation where they're not going because they don't, because of it's an independent wrestler, they don't know who the guy is. It could be a situation where they don't want to spend that type of money on guys that they didn't hear of when they can sit home and watch Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins for free. Does that make sense or no? It does. And tying it into a nonprofit charity event, it makes it that much more likely that somebody's going to say, you know what, let's go check it out. Let's see what this exactly. is about. We're helping, helping exactly. a good cause. Exactly. And, uh, and here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing. So if it's a fundraiser, if it's a fundraiser for the high school swimming team, right? For, yeah. for, for, for shits and giggles, it's the high school swimming team, right? And there's 30 kids on the high school swimming team. And it's a fundraiser to, to raise money for them to get new equipment and new gear and all that stuff. And, you know, Samantha comes home from school. Mom, next month they're having a pro wrestling show at the gym. It's to raise money for us. Guess what? That mom's going to go. The dad's going to go. Maybe Aunt Jeanette's going to go. Maybe the neighbors are going to go to support them. And guess what? 99% sure that none of them would have gone to that wrestling show at that high school if it wasn't for the girls' swimming team, if you catch my drift. So the more nonprofits you can tie into an event to, you know, some way, somehow give back to an organization, the better opportunity it is to get people in the community that are probably not going to come out to an event, not because it's not because it's people they never heard of or anything like that. It's just like, they're not really into wrestling or if I wanted to watch it, I could just watch it on TV, but like it's for Samantha's swim team though, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to go cause it's Samantha's swim team. And that's, yeah, how you maybe, and that's how you hook them. Yeah. Cause maybe she or her friend that went with her or her sibling, maybe one of those kids falls in love with it. And then every month they're like, Hey mom and dad, you remember when we went and saw wrestling it's back in two weeks on Friday. Can we go again? You know, so totally, and, and totally. And, and listen, and then, and then when they go to that show, right? So yep. when I said they're, they're looking at these names on the poster, I never heard of, I never heard of GKM. I never heard of Rick Recon. I never heard of Ray Kalitri. I want to, I want to, I'm going to stay home and watch Rome because I run my, I run the majority of my shows on Fridays, right? So yeah. why, why am I going to pay to go see these guys where I can sit home and get a six pack and a pizza? And watch Roman Reigns and, and the Bloodline take over on SmackDown. You know what I mean? But then yeah, when they come right. to the show, when listen, when they come to the show, because they're supporting Sally's swim team, and they see how awesome GKM is, and they see how great Rick Recon and Ray Kalitri is, guess Bull what? Bull James. Guess what? They're going to come back. And then they're going to come back to, to see those guys and see who else is on the show. You know what I mean? So, like, it's really important to hook in and tie in a, a nonprofit organization into your show. Uh, it, it opens the door of possibilities for a lot of different things. Yeah, and all of a sudden you've got uh, kids booing Bull James, cheering on Crowbar, becoming a fan of uh, of rooting against uh, Tina San Antonio, and and uh, cheering out for Vicious Vicky. You know, it's it's something that, uh, like you say, you get them exposed to it, and all of a sudden they get uh, they get the bug like we did as a kid, and, and all of a sudden you're hooked, and you you know you're talking about it 38 years later with a friend from across the country. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's what we're doing, right? It, it doesn't even feel like uh, it feels like we just start talking about. I'm sure that we could probably talk another ten hours on the phone about wrestling and our thoughts on on different things. But yeah, man, it, it's uh, just circling back to the uh, the fundraisers that that we do. Uh, that's the majority of 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 the events we do for ISPW. Uh, we we like to get the community involved. Uh, we like to raise money for local organizations in the area of the building we're running or the school that we're running, and uh, yeah, it, it makes for it makes for a, a funner night out because you know, like I said, the people that are typically not going to go to a independent wrestling show that's going because it's Little Brian's baseball soft softball fundraiser, and they're going out have a good time and they get really into it and when when you see it up close uh and when you're that on top of it if you've never been to a, a wrestling show before even if you only been to wwf when you go to independent wrestling it's like it's so different and it's right in your face and it's it's pretty cool you know it's pretty cool and it definitely uh, they really get into it so like casual fans are not even wrestling fans just going to support a fundraiser, but are going to have, they're going open-minded and having a good time. It, it's cool. Like, I love seeing that, man. I love, I love seeing people, because you, you can tell, you can look in the audience and tell if, if they're uh, wrestling fans or they're there to support the fundraiser for the, the school, you know? So, but they, they they get so into it and they have such a good time. And, and, and that's the cool part about it is that, you know, someone that is not a wrestling fan uh, comes to that fundraiser and then you turn them into a wrestling fan. And now, you know, next time you're running a show in that area, they're on the mailing list and hopefully they come out and, and be a part of it. You know, so it's 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 it's, it's important for many different aspects to, to incorporate uh, nonprofit organizations uh, into your uh, promotion. Yeah, and as a uh, fan of 80s wrestling, I'll let everybody out there know, if you haven't seen ISPW, you can check out ISPW Wrestling on YouTube. Of course, there's nothing like seeing it in person, so I'd encourage you to do that if you get a chance and support independent wrestling wherever you are if you uh, have the opportunity. But uh, Tommy is uh, such a fan of the 80s wrestling era that there are managers with ISPW. From time to time, there'll be a uh, talk segment like with uh, Andy Weinberg, the of Nikolai Volkov uh, in real life will do something called the the winner's circle every once in a while when he shows up. Uh, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio. Um, there's a lot of guys. Uh, Maven, who's really blown up uh, with his YouTube channel, is a manager in ISPW that, uh, you know, from time to time, he put the, uh, you know, he got in a tuxedo match recently. So, I mean, there's there's all kinds of guys that uh, are, are bringing forth a product that is very similar in ways to what we watched in the golden era. And that's all part of uh, Tommy Fierro putting it together under his watchful eye in a way that he enjoyed. So I'd, uh, I'd encourage you to check it out for sure in person and on ISPW wrestling on YouTube. Thanks, man. Yeah. I was a big fan of managers, you know, as a kid, uh, just like you were, and just like probably the majority of every other, old school wrestling fan out there from Captain Lou Albano to Bobby the Brain Heenan to Jimmy Hart to Freddie Blassie to Slick, et cetera, et cetera, and go on and on. Uh, such a lost art form uh, and something that I think can easily work in 2023. 
I mean, you see Paul Heyman is doing a fantastic job, uh, but you know, I still feel there's room for more opportunities like that. And uh, that's something that I, I really miss. So, yeah, I've, I've always been a big fan of, of hail managers, and I try and incorporate that. And other things that I like, like you said, into the shows. Totally. And, uh, and Tommy, I, I, I know how busy you are. I won't keep you longer today. I will reach out to you when I get into the next series of uh, 1985 figures and see if I can get you back on to review those. But uh, I'm just uh, so thrilled for, for you and for your co-host of 80s Wrestling, the podcast, Jumping Jay. Jumping Jay has an entertainment center in Minnesota. You have ISPW, the Wrestling Collector. Both of you have got these things that bring joy to uh, to the masses as far as uh, things that put a smile on people's faces. And I'm so happy for both of you getting to uh, uh, work, but uh, but also to do something that you love. So um, like I say, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thanks for uh, having me as a guest on 80s Wrestling, the podcast for, uh, shoot, it's been just over two years now that I've been calling in and for uh, treating me with such kindness when I, and hospitab- hospitability when I was in and hospitality when I was in uh, New Jersey on May 6th. I look forward to talking to you every week. And uh, like I say, all my best to you and all my thanks to you for uh, all your uh, friendship, support, and uh, all my best to you on your continued success, Tommy. Hey, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It was a pleasure talking to you. And I thank you for you know, this past May, flying in from California to, to take part in 80s wrestling for now. Before we end this podcast, I got one question for you, if that's okay, because you've been asking me questions the whole show. Can I ask you one question? What you got, my friend? The question is, will I be seeing Babyface Brian in New Jersey on May the 4th, 2024 for 80s Wrestling Con 5. I got to see what I can do. I, I need to work on it. So I would, I really, really want to, but I got to uh, try and make so, it happen. I, I This is where I'm going to go Hulk Hogan on you, where he's sitting across the table from Andre the Giant. <laughs> sign it if you're going to sign it. <laughs> Look at me when I'm talking to you. I've come here for one reason. To challenge you to a championship match at the WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Right on, man. Hey, uh, I will I will do my damnedest to get out and see you on May 4th at 80s Wrestling Con 5. Um, before I go, I know you have a ton of people that help you immensely uh, with ISPW and with the wrestling collector. Um, You don't get a chance to uh, uh, thank them out in, uh, in, in podcasts very often. Is there anybody you'd like to give a quick shout out to as far as your friends and and people that help you with uh, wrestling collector, ISPW, eighties wrestling uh, con uh, anybody out there you'd like to shout out and, and say thanks to. Everyone, man, everyone, everyone that's a part of ISPW. I mean, if, if I didn't have any wrestlers, I wouldn't have an ISPW, right? So uh, they're, they're ISPW. So to all the ISPW wrestlers, to the referee, to the ring announcer, to the ring crew, to, you know, to uh, the Stromboli sisters, uh, who are a huge, huge part of all of my stuff. And 
they know how to run this shit better than I do. <laughs> so I, sometimes I listen to them, uh, but they're uh, they're awesome and uh, they are unsung heroes in all aspects of everything uh, that I do. Uh, my wife and family for being so supportive and understanding of all the time I put into this, and uh, you know, to all the fans that come to all these events, whether it be ISPW or in my store to 80s wrestling con 90s wrestling con um if it wasn't for fans coming to events there wouldn't be no events so uh everything hinges on everybody else and uh so to that i'm thankful to everybody from the workers to the fans to everyone in the community of, of wrestling uh for every you know, website that posts about ISW or 80s Wrestling Con or, you know, all the followers that we have on social media uh, that care about posts from our 80s Wrestling accounts or the Wrestling Collector or ISW. Just everyone, man. Like, I'm extremely, extremely thankful for every opportunity that's ever come my way and everyone that has done anything to help me out. Uh, through that time or support any of my events. Um, I'm forever indebted to everyone. Well, thank you so much, Tommy. Again, I really appreciate you and uh, all my best to you and your continued success, my friend. Thank you, brother. I look forward to uh, catching up with you soon. All right. Everybody out there, thanks so much for listening and uh, take care. Well, that was a really, really good show. I agree. Tommy did awesome. It was really nice talking to him again. Usually I just get to talk to him on uh, on Thursdays for 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Yes, he did uh, a tremendous job. I will uh, give him his rating right now. He gets, uh, you're going to probably guess, but he gets five stars. I agree. Definitely another five-star guest. Um, real quick, I just want to shout out Jumping Jay the uh, host from 80s Wrestling, the podcast, the co-host with Tommy, and also the owner of uh, Blacklight Adventures out in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota, uh, Drew Venzel from Tales from the Estate, uh, my best friend Eric, should have him on the show again soon, uh, Tim from Pulling Up the Chair, Tim from Pulling Up a Chair, uh, hoping to have him on again soon, um, Toto with Tom, um, out there in New Jersey, the number one ISPW fan. Hopefully he'll enjoy this interview, this uh, this show. Uh, Mark Halverson up in Canada. Uh, my buddy Nate at uh, Ring Skirts. Uh, Evan Ginsberg, um, the uh, senior editor of Pro Wrestling Stories, executive uh, uh, or the associate producer of The Wrestler and also 350 Days. Uh, Brian Breaker, the host of TB Toycast and Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel. Uh, Jeff and Scott from the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Um, and of course, just a huge shout out and thank you to Tommy Fierro of uh, ISPW, 80s Wrestling Con, the Wrestling Collector, which will soon be the Rock and Wrestling Collector. They're going to start doing uh, rock merchandise, rock and roll merchandise on uh, black friday this year so that's pretty exciting and uh and again thank you so much for uh taking the time out of your busy schedule tommy to join me here on the show Uh, everyone out there thank you so much for listening 
Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, we look forward to the next show. Definitely look forward to the next show. Thanks again, everyone. Uh, Take care. If anyone out there would like to support legendary wrestling figures, the podcast here, you could do so by going to tpublic.com. Look at the legendary wrestling figures store on tpublic. Of course, it's spelled L-E-J-E-N-D-A-R-Y wrestling figures. It's not the L-E-G because we are L-J and Shaw. And you can see all the different designs that Brian has done with some figures that he's painted. And there are over 40 of them. So you can get a t-shirt, a mug, stickers, magnet, a sweatshirt, all kinds of good stuff at Legendary Wrestling Figures Store on tpublic.com. <laughs>